Tonight, James Gunn is on a suicide mission. We check the fate of Deadpool. And Kevin Smith reboots on this edition of Multiverse Tonight. There are many universes out there. Welcome to the one with news about all the others. This is Multiverse Tonight. Now, here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. So, how's your February going? It's uh, going pretty pretty well for me, and I'm looking forward to next month's uh, Plant Comic Con in Kansas City. And, you know, I hope uh, everything's going along, along fine everywhere else. And I also hope that you're watching The Orville. I know it was off off this past week. It's on, back on this week. So uh, tune in. I'll be live tweeting the show over on Twitter. Just watch for my feed at Multiverse Tonight starting at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, for anyone overseas, that's 1 a.m. UTC. And uh, by the way, this episode is coming out the day before my birthday, which is February 14th. Now, in lieu of presents, why not help me improve the show and kick in a dollar or two? You can donate over at uh, coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. Like my good friend Anne, or on Patreon as well. Just go to mtpodcast.com for links. You can also tip at uh, the Radio Public or Buzzsprout players. And you can buy some swell merchandise for you or your sweetheart at w- as well by going to our TeePublic store. Now, for show notes, affiliate links, the occasional column, and much, much more, I'd like you to go check out our website. That's multiversetonight.com. And uh, let's get on with the show. Starting with some DC news. We start DC news with uh, new revelations about Harley's possible relationship status in Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. A photo of Margot Robbie in full costume has been leaked on Twitter. A blow-up of one of Harley's tattoos says Harley plus Puddin and has Puddin crossed out. So it looks like the rumors are true and Harley is back on the market. Any takers? The Birds of Prey will be in movie theaters on February 7th, 2020. And uh, while we're on the subject of Birds of Prey, there is a rumor running around that may lead into a trilogy with Gotham City Sirens being number two, and a Birds vs. Sirens movie being the last part. Also, including that rumor, is that Harley Quinn will be the thread connecting all the movies together. Now, this would be interesting if it turns out to be true. However, it does seem that Warner Brothers is shying away from connected movies at the, at the moment. So, I, you know, take this with a grain of salt, and we'll just wait and see. However... Uh, while we're on the subject of DC films and looking at the current films, Aquaman is doing smashing. The movie's domestic box office total here in the United States 
uh, now stands at 318.7 million, which beats out uh, the first Iron Man, which came in with 318.4 million back in tw uh, back in 2008. The total box office for the movie, which will have passed 50 days as of this moment, equals 1 billion 107 million 822 thousand and 378 dollars. Yeah, that's pretty damn good for a movie that's, well, all wet. Now, former, Je former Guardians of the Galaxy director, James Gunn, might have settled on the Suicide Squad as his first project for the D DC movie franchise, but according to The Hollywood Reporter, he was also offered several different choices, including The Man of Tomorrow, Superman. And uh, the, report, the reporter says that their sources indicate that they offered him the cream of the crop in the superhero stable to bring him over to the DC Universe. And he became very close to working on the super dog Crypto. Instead, he's penned the script for the Suicide Squad, which seems to be more of a relaunch than a proper sequel, if indications are correct. Now, we're still a year away from the movie, so who's in it, and will James Gunn direct the, the, the film? Now, the word is that he's officially in talks to take on those reins. When I find out, I'll let you know. Now, the length of the now Ben Affleck-less The Batman script has been revealed. The movie, which uh, is due in 2021, has a lot of questions attached to it. But an update by The Hollywood Reporter indicates that the first draft has clocked in at 160 pages. Now, the rule of thumb with scripts tends to be that one page equals one minute. So, right now, it's sitting at around two and a half hours. Now, this will most likely be cut down. Director Matt Reeves recently opened up about the movie, saying, quote, Right now, I'm involved in the Batman, which it will be called ultimately i don't know aquaman is going to be very different from the todd phillips joker movie and that's going to be different from shazam and harlequin warners believes they don't have to try to develop a giant slate that has to try all the plans for how it's going to connect what they need to try and do is make good movies with these characters he also went on to say it's uh, very much a point of driven point of view driven noir Batman tale. It's told very squarely on his shoulders and I hope it's going to be a story that will be thrilling but also emotional. It's more Batman in his detective mode than we've seen in the films. The comics have a history of that. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective and that's not necessarily been a part of what the m movies have been. I'd love this to be one where we go on, a, on that journey of tracking down the criminals and trying to solve a crime. It's going to allow his character to have an arc so that he can go through a transformation." Unquote. Now, the description of the movie has a, quote, noir Batman tale is intriguing and has people wondering if it's going to be influenced by the 13-issue maxi-series Batman The Long Halloween, which, say, which has Batman trying to figure out the identity of a killer known as Holiday. However, Reeves has downplayed similar rumors in the past that he was adapting the year one storyline. We'll have to wait and see what it is, and when the movie hits theaters, 
in June of 2021. The headline on comicbook.com says it all says it all for this next story. Quote, the Dark Knight composer told Christopher Nolan the music was too loud. Unquote. Hans Zimmer believed that the music was so loud in the released cut of the movie that it took away from the actor's acting. Talking to Vanity Fair, Hans said, quote, I told Chris the movie was too loud. You couldn't hear the lines. Nolan said, I wrote them. I can do what I want. He was right. People do remember the lines. He could have done 200 different cop-out endings, but he put that ending on. Un uh, however, Hans now has come around to Nolan's choice on music. Quote, It's hard to pull out a satisfying ending if you're that amb ambiguous. One second longer, or one sentence, or note different, and it could have been a different movie. Unquote. The Dark Knight went on to gross more than $1 billion worldwide. Warners has announced that Super Pets, which, as I said mentioned earlier, which might have been might have been James Gunn's first DC movie script, and it will come out in theaters in May twenty first, twenty twenty one. Not much is known about the movie outside the release date. With the name Super Pets, it's not hard to guess the subject. The Super Pets can have hold a weird space in the DC universe. They first debuted in 1962 and have been comprised of such pets as Crypto the Super Dog, Streaky the Super Cat, Bat Cow, Flexi the Plastic Bird, Aquaman Seahorse, Storm, and Ace the Bat Hound. Are, are, are you ready for the Super Pets? Are any of us ready for the Super Pets? DC Universe's Titans is gearing up to start filming Season 2 in Toronto. According to a new update from the Trade Union for Technical Workers in the Film and TV Industry, the IATCE, production is set to start on March 20th and should wrap up September 9th. Now, the comic book series Why the Last Man is finally seeing the screen, as FX has announced it has picked it up for the 2020 TV season. The series about York Brown, the last surviving human male, and his monkey, Ampersand, follows him as he travels to find his girlfriend following a plague that has wiped out all males on the planet. The comic book was written by Brian K. Vaughn with art by Pia Guerrera and ran for 60 issues. The TV series from showrunner Michael Green and Ada Mishka Kroll will star Barry Cogan as Yurik and also star Diane Lane. The series has had a long road to the cameras as it's have been in development hell since 2007. And uh, we close out DC News with some congratulations for Supergirls Melissa Benoist and Chris Wood. The couple are now engaged. Melissa showed off her ring on her Instagram. The couple met on the set of Supergirl when Wood was cast as the Daxamite hero Mon-El. Good fortunes to the happy couple. Now, Let's go on to some Marvel news. The first TV spot for Avengers Endgame aired during the Super Bowl pregame show, and it gave us a peek at a world with half a population. The Statue of Liberty covered with what might be refugee camps, empty stadiums, and the remaining heroes including War Machine back on his feet. 
we also got to see Hawkeye's new persona and the knowledge that it's only a handful of months away. Gripping. We also got the trailer for Captain Marvel. And there's a lot to take in. A look at her fighter pilot past and her superheroic presence. And scrolls, scrolls, scrolls. The tagline, hope begins with a hero. Is that hope for the Avengers in Endgame? Looks like another good movie. And according to BoxOffice.com, Captain Marvel is on track to open somewhere in the neighborhood of $160 million on opening weekend. If it does so, it would be the 7th highest opening in the MCU. BoxOffice.com has put the probable domestic box office run at $440 million, making it one of the MCU's highest grossing domestic films, if this comes true. Now, featured in the trailer was Jude Law and his role of Jan Rog. Could you picture Keanu Reeves in that role instead? According to a new report from that hashtag show, Charlie, Charlie Murphy, Reeves could have been in the role if not for John Wick Chapter 3. So since Keanu couldn't play this part, what role do you think they should offer him next? Tell me on Instagram, Twitter, or send me an email. MultiUniverseTonight at MultiUniverseTonight.com Deadpool 2 has passed the box office total for the first Deadpool movie, thanks to the Chinese box office. The original movie was never released in China due to the movie being too graphic for Chinese censors. However, China did get the Deadpool 2 PG-13 version, Once Upon a Deadpool, which was released in China as Deadpool 2, I Love My Home. I don't get the subtitle there. Anyway, China's receipts pushed the international take of the movie to 1 million for the PG-13 version. All in all, the two versions combined have earned $786 million worldwide. The first Deadpool brought in $783.1 million worldwide. This is awesome. By the way, Aquaman is, at a, is over a billion dollars, remember? Just putting that out there for comparison. We also got some good news on seeing a Deadpool 3. In Disney's latest conference call with investors, of which I am one, just saying, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger said that Disney will continue to make R-rated and other adult Marvel adventures after it finishes its takeover of Fox. Quote, We will continue in that business. There is certainly popularity with those types of films. Unquote. Iger also hinted that you probably won't see the Marvel or Disney banner on those movies. And quote, Careful branding R-rated films, so we're not in any way confusing to consumer. Unquote, Iger said. Very, very smart man. Awards season rolls on with the Annie Awards, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse walked away with a total of seven awards. Best Editing, Production Design, Character Design, Character Animation in an Animated Feature, Writer for Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman, Director for Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, and Mr. Rothman, and the big prize, Best Animated Feature. Congratulations. Now, as we're on this award kick, Mary Poppins Returns walked away with the Best Animated Special Production and Outstanding Achievement in a Live Action Production. Bojack Horseman 
galloped off with the Annie for Best General Audience Animated Television Broadcast Production and Voice Acting in an Animated TV Production went to Will Arnett. Ralph Breaks the Internet got the Outstanding Achievement for Animated Effects in an Animated Feature Production. Incredibles 2, 2's Dean Kelly walked away with Outstanding Achievement for Music in an Animated Feature and Outstanding Storyboarding. And there were several other now there are several other awards that I just didn't mention here. Go to the link in our show notes for a complete li- list of winners. Congratulations to all you Annie Award-winning mo- movies and TV productions. Now, this will be a day long remembered. Kevin Smith took to Twitter Monday to announce that he will be writing and directing a Howard the Duck animated series for Hulu. Quote. Thank you to at Marvel and at Hulu for letting me do foul things to Howard in animation. But the real brains of our operation is a legit cartoon genius, the great meatwad himself, Aquatine Hunger Forces at Dave Willis 2. Prepare to get ducked hard, unquote. Now both Mr. Smith and Mr. Willis will be writing and executive producing the series, which will see Howard stuck in a world he never made. His goal is to return to Duck World with the help of his gal pal Beverly, but he'll have to deal with evildoers like Dr. Bong, who wants to turn Howard into dinner. Howard the Duck is one of four new Marvel animated series ordered by Hulu. Also in the pipeline is a Modoc series from Pat Oswalt and Jordan Blum, Hitmonkey from Josh Gordon and Will Speck, and Tigra and Dazzler from Erica Rivna, and Chelsea Handler. All four shows will culminate in a team-up event entitled The Offenders. Now, you might be asking why Disney isn't saving them for Disney+. Plus. Well, all four series are adult-oriented, so Disney doesn't want to show adult-oriented stuff on Disney+. Plus. They have that 60% stake in Hulu, so Hulu gets the prize. Now, speaking of juicy news, at Hulu's TCA presentation, Hulu's senior VP, Craig Erwich, revealed that Hulu would be open to reviving the canceled Marvel Netflix series. Quote, Marvel has a ton of titles we'd be interested in. It kind of depends on when they're ready and who, most importantly, is going to be behind these things. Unquote. So don't lose hope, true believers. Now, let's take a message. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way you can support the show is to listen to it through the Radio Public app. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app, for iPhone or Android, means that you can get this podcast, and we get a couple of cents in our can. Find the Radio Public app in Google and iTunes app stores, and give it a try today. We start off with some Star Wars news. BB-8 is a droid out of work now. BB-8 puppeteer Brian Herring tweeted out on February 1st that, quote, Today was a wrap on BB-8. The last five years have been an amazing ride. Thanks to at J.J. Abrams, Kathleen, Neil, hashtag Team BB-8. Especially Dave and the entire cast and crew for the time of my life. Few people get to live the dream. Thank you. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag 9. Hashtag Puppeteer. Hashtag BB-8. 
Hashtag Star Wars Episode 9, unquote. The still-untitled Episode 9 comes out on December 20th. The prequel trilogy was met with a fair amount of criticism and debridement by fans when they first came out. However, in an interview with Vanity Fair, Ewan McGregor, who played Obi-Wan in those three movies, has noticed that the younger generations of Star Wars fans have embraced the movies in a different way. Quote, Episode 3 was all green screen. They had some green discs on a green floor with a green background and a guy on the floor rotating you. McGregor shared with Vanity Fair. What keeps you emotionally grounded is the other actor. Episode 2, I was on my own, speaking the thin air. But this scene was harrowing for Obi-Wan. I lose Anakin, and we see the danger of what it might lead to in episodes 4, 5, and 6. For all my moaning about green screen, I did enjoy playing Obi-Wan with this link to Alec Guinness. George Lucas wanted to do something very different with the prequels. That's why people felt cheated. It was upsetting when people would laugh and joke about it. Now, many years later, the prequels meant a lot to the generation that were kids then. So from smirking, cynical opinions, now I'm getting feedback from the kids they were made for. I'm really happy about that. Unquote. You know, frankly, I always liked the prequel trilogy. Eh, maybe I'm just an outlier. So, have you seen the Amazon Alexa commercial from the Super Bowl? Let's reheat pasta. Reheating pasta. It's cool, right? Yeah, I didn't know you guys put Alexa in a microwave. Yeah, we're putting her in a lot of stuff now. But trust me, there are a lot of fails. Like what? Like... Alexa, play my podcast. When you heard that, did that surprise you? Brock seems exciting. We need an Alexa dog collar for dogs. Ordering dog food. Ordering dog food. You can bark all you want. I'm not paying for any more dog food. Ordering gravy. Ordering sausages. Hey, you better cancel that order. Like a hot tub? A sucked. Let's not play music. Okay. And then there was the incident. Wait, that, that was you guys. I don't know, was it? <laughs> Powering up. Powering down. Powering she says down. she's doing it, Powering but I don't down. see anything. Do you? Holy. I'm not talking to you. Pretty neat, huh? Now, uh, anyway, Lucasfilm has released details about the tie-ins for the new Galaxy Edge theme parks. First, from Marvel, is the Galaxy's Edge miniseries from Ethan Sachs, with art by Will Sliney. Quote, Black Spire Outpost has long been frequented by smugglers, merchants, and travelers from every corner of the galaxy, looking to make their score on the infamous black market, or experience the exact thrills of the remote world of Batu alone has to offer. Aliens like the infamous Doc Ondar, a proprietor of rare and one-of-a-kind antiquities, thrives on unique opportunities which abound on the lawless outpost on the very edge of wild space in this all-new miniseries. Unquote. 
From Delray Books comes Black Spire, written by Delilah Dawson and available on September 3rd. The novel, quote, a prequel to the Disney Parks experience, General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy to Batu in a desperate search for Alliance allies, unquote. From Disney F- Lucasfilm Press comes Star Wars Myths and Fables, written by George Mann with illustrations by Grant Griffin. This middle-grade novel, quote, the book features two illustrations that take place on the remote outer rim world of Batu, plus many other untold tales from the edge of the galaxy lushly illustrated in a style that pays homage to the real-world children's classics. Unquote. For the young adults comes A Crash of Fate, written by Zor- Zoraida Cordova with, quote, Izzy and Jules were best friends until Izzy's family abruptly left Batu when she was six. Now she's back, and Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure of what to make of her. While on the run from vengeful smugglers and an angry pirate, the two friends will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other, unquote. These books are available on August 6th. Galaxy's, Ed- Galaxy's Edge opens l- later this year. With the recent polar vortex here in the U.S., Bill D. Williams took to Twitter to remind everyone to wear their cape. Quote, from a real, from a real BD, from a real B, from the real BDW on Twitter, quote, Hey baby, it's cold outside. Thinking of everyone across the country battling below zero temperatures today. Stay safe and warm, and if you have to go outside, don't forget your cape. Unquote. That man is cool. Cooler than the cool side of the pillow. Now, let's go to Star Trek news. Now, we start Star Trek news with Alex Kurtzman. Alex Kurtzman, exec producer and, show, and showrunner, speaking at the Winter Television Critics Association press tour, said that they had big ideas and that, quote, hopefully we'll get the pickup and we'll be off to the races, unquote. Now, about luring in fans who might be reluctant to pay for all access to watch the series, he told the audience, quote, Trek has to evolve like all television has evolved in the last five to six years. Our job is to give you a Star Trek that you couldn't possibly get on network television, unquote. I'm guessing that's swearing inside boob. Uh, on the subject of dealing with the canon from the rest of the franchise, Kurtzman said, we certainly know that in order for Trek to live on, on, we will need to find ways to operate outside of canon as well and create new canon. That's part of the job. Unquote. However, on the subject of a future show, CBS EVP of original content, Juliet McNamara, said that they're taking a, quote, measured approach to developing and releasing shows in this universe, unquote when talking about the subject of new shows in the pipeline. Now, on the subject of the Picard show, Alex Kurtzman told Deadline.com that, quote, We're asking, how do we live to the spirit and tone that Next Gen set, and also make it different? Patrick was very clear that he did not want to repeat what he had already done. Patrick didn't want to put handcuffs on us. He wanted us to have the freedom to explore the character. And he said, I will always know if it's something that he would or would not do. 
And that's the kind of conversation that we're having as we build it scene by scene. Unquote. Kurtzman also spoke to comicbook.com about the Picard ser- about the Picard series. Quote, well, I'll tell you the first thing we all said is it has to feel grounded. No matter what choices we're making about portraying the future, it has to feel grounded. Because I think one of the things people have loved so much about Next Gen is that it is a very emo- emotional, thoughtful, grounded piece of entertainment. And the easy thing to do is come up with a crazy floating skyscrapers and all the cliches of science fiction, and we try to avoid that across the board. And so, in the production design, the look of it, in the feel of it, it's always about the small, intimate, personal details that you can still connect to now, even though it's taking place so far in the future. Unquote. I've never had a problem personally with connecting with Star Trek. You know, it's not the locations, it's characters and story. If you make the whole of continuity not make sense, because we've had so much continuity, then why would I want to watch it? If you're going to basically uh, say, oh, no, no, this happens here. No, no, wait, this happens here now. No, wait, this happens here. You, you've ruined it. You know. uh, Star Wars has a pretty much, you know, has continuity. But, of course, it has, you know, millennia of history that you can, you know, set things in or take things out. Star Trek has a set amount of continuity from the 20, you know, from one end to the other. There's even a book. I suggest they get the book, read the book, and go from there. Rant over. Anyway, he also added that the production for the Picard series begins in April. Now, speaking about the star of the show, Patrick Stewart, while promoting the kid who would be king in London, Stewart was asked about the possibility of a Picard movie. You know, didn't they know that he pretty much already did that? He responded, quote, Oh Lord, we're set up with possibly three years of the show, so if there's a film, it's a long way off, unquote. Exactly. Besides, if you want to do a Picard movie, do a young Picard movie with James McAvoy. Patrick could do the bookends in the movie. By the way, the Discovery cast did a bit of carpool karaoke. Uh, This is where I draw the line. I'm not watching it. Plus, you have to have an Apple device for that. And that's also where I draw the line. So, uh, if you want to watch it, you can seek it out on your own. Uh, for Now, for some science news, Sci-Fi Wire reports that researchers from the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and the University of California, Berkeley, have created a whole new approach to 3D printing, similar to the replicator in Star Trek. The device, which looks similar to the Star Trek replicator, projects light into resin, which then makes small objects in a matter of minutes. The new tech is based on computed tomography, used in medicine or industrial 3D imaging. But instead of traditional 3D imaging, taking multiple x-rays to make a 3D map, this reverse engineers the 3D object into 2D components, which are then projected as a slide of light into the GUI resin. 
Now there's a video on YouTube that shows a lot more about this. I'll have a link to this in the show notes. Well, it's kind of neat. Now let's continue progressing with that without going into World War III or a eugenics war. Can we? Now let's uh, go to some geek news. Do you remember the end of Toy Story 3? The uh, toys were handed down from Andy to a new kid, Bonnie. And the happy ending was had by all. Or was it? Tim Allen hints that might not be the answer. Speaking with The View, Allen said that, quote, Toy Story 3 ended originally with the little girl just sitting there. But all of us saw that little girl smile. And Andy said with his eyes that she might take care of those these toys. Because we were originally in Toy Story 3 waving on the porch, that was it. But it looked like maybe this little girl will take care of us. Well, maybe she didn't take care of us so well. Unquote. Hmm. And from the huh file, animal rights group PETA wants Pixar to get rid of Bo Peep's crook. The character, who has been absent in Toy Story 3, returns in Toy Story 4 complete with her shepherd's crook, which is the traditional tool of a shepherd. PETA's manager of animals and film and television, Lauren Thomason, said in their statement, quote, I'm contacting you today about Bo Peep's new look. Given that she was designed to have a modern look, which hasn't she lost that outdated outdated and cruel crook, You may not know that these shepherd's crooks are used solely to hook a sheep's neck and force these gentle animals to move. That isn't something that progressive Bo Peep would countenance in 2019. A badass Bo Peep would likely bop the shears, not the sheep. A symbol of domination over an animal is a thing of the past, and not something that belongs in Toy Story 4. Would you please consider removing Bo Bo Peep's crook from the final animation? Unquote. You know, I really don't see what the fuss is about. I don't think the kids that see this movie are going to start buying crooks or herding sheep. It, it's it's just an you know, it's it's like a rake. You know, I think we I think we should get over it. This year's Super Bowl was underwhelming, and the commercials really weren't anything to write home about. However, one commercial was unique. It was directed by legendary director Ridley Scott. The commercial for Turkish Airlines called The Journey showcases Istanbul, not Constantinople, and features a plot of a cat and mouse chase across the city landmarks and showcasing the new airport. The version aired during the game with just a snippet with a longer version of the commercial on YouTube. Now, uh, also on uh, you, also at the Super Bowl was an ad for the CBS All Access upcoming new version of the Twilight Zone. It looked very cool. I recommend you go to YouTube to look at it, and I'll have a link to that in our show notes. Stephen King's The Stand is coming back to television screens via CBS All Access. It's officially been confirmed that the streaming service has ordered a 10-episode limited series based on the 40-year-old King Classic. This is the second time The Stand has been adapted into a miniseries. The first 
was on ABC in 1994, the year I graduated high school, by the way, where it was a four-night event starring Gary Sinise and Molly Ringwald. Stephen King, in the press release, stated, quote, I am excited and so very pleased that The Stand is going to have a new life on this exciting new platform. The people involved are men and women who know exactly what they're doing. The scripts are dynamite. The result bids to be something memorable and true and thrilling. I believe it will take viewers away to a world they hope will never happen. Unquote. Production will begin this spring with a release date to be announced later. Now, while we're on remakes, a remake of Escape from New York is on the table again. This version from screenwriter Leigh Wanell, who wrote Insidious and the upcoming movie Upgrade. This news arrives after word that Wanell is going to write and direct the remake of Universal Pictures' The Invisible Man. John Carpenter, creator of Escape from New York, is set to exec to produce, while Andrew Rona and Alex Heinemann will produce. Directing has not been announced yet, but it's expected that Wanell will direct as well as write. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Wanell's version will retain elements of the original while bringing new ideas to the story. Just as long as they don't change Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken, I heard you was dead. Thinking about things that should or should not be remade, CBS has ordered a pilot for a modern-day Frankenstein. The pilot will be about a, quote, San Francisco homicide detective who is mysteriously brought back to life after being killed in the line of duty. But as he resumes his old life, and he and his wife realize he isn't the same person he used to be. They zero in on the strange man behind his resurrection, Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Unquote. I have a bad feeling about this. Kevin Smith has announced that Jay and Silent Bob reboot has been picked up by Saban Films for North American theatrical distribution. The new movie will take playful jabs at reboots, remakes, and sequels. Kevin Smith said, quote, Last February I almost died, so on the one-year anniversary of my Widowmaker heart attack, as a celebration of life and a big old F.U. to death, my best friend and I will be rolling cameras on a sequel-slash-remake-slash-reboot of a movie we first made nearly 20 years ago. In Jay and Silent Bob's Strike Back, our herbal heroes found out Hollywood was making a movie based on them, so they journeyed out to Hollywood to stop it. But I've learned so much as a storyteller and have grown immensely as a filmmaker since then, so audiences can expect something completely different. In Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, our herbal heroes find out Hollywood is making a reboot of the old movie which, that was based on them, so they journey out to Hollywood to stop it again. I offer my literal undying thanks to our amazing partners at Saban and Universal for making this dream come true and backing this cinematic silliness. Unquote. Now, I'm glad Kevin survived the heart attack, and I am so looking forward to this new movie. Finally, we're sad to announce the passing of actor Carmen Arganziano at the age of 75. His acting career started in the early 70s. Over the decades, he has starred in such films as The Godfather Part Two, Stand and Deliver, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Aliens and Demons. He also had a wide variety of roles on TV, starting with a role in an, in an episode of Columbo. He's also shown up in The Bionic Woman, 
Cheers, Knight Rider 2000, Melrose Place, Walker, Texas Ranger, Babylon 5, House. But his biggest role, and the one he will probably be remembered for the most, is his role as Selmec slash General Jacob Carter in 25 episodes of Stargate SG-1. There is no cause for his death, but he is survived by his wife, Lisa, and his three children. Carmen Ergonzano passed away at the age of 75. Now, this brings us to the end of this edition. And uh, be sure to check us out on our social media. We're at Twitter, at MultiverseTom, and also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our uh, coffee or Patreon as well as, and be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our affiliate marketplace links, the link to our Tee Public store, show notes, and so much more. Now, uh, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us some feedback and let us know how we're doing in general. Special thanks to Lobo Loco for theme music. Thanks for watching Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.